0: Welcome aboard the battleship Retention. I am not Tyler Smith.
1: I am David Bax. Uh, joining us in Tyler's uh, stead um, is is Julie Sesnovich. How are you, Julie?
0: I am well. How are you? Uh,
1: I'm I'm okay. Uh, Tyler is uh, still going through it. Still very rough. I I, I spent um, hours with him just a, a couple days ago. Um, it's good to to catch up, but he's still got a long long road to go along uncertain road to go you can find out what's going on with him at caringbridge.org slash visit slash tyler and jennifer smith that's caringbridge.org slash visit slash tyler and jennifer smith there's also a link there to the gofundme to help tyler and his wonderful family with their many many medical bills um uh yeah we continue to wish him the best and uh Hope that someday he is back on this podcast, making it better than I am able to. Uh, but uh, we, uh, uh, Julie, we are, um, we well, we have a guest, you and I.
0: We do. Um, um,
1: I'm not going to introduce, or you can introduce him in a moment. But first yes. I want to tell... The listeners about tweakedaudio.com. Tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of stylish styles and colorful colors. They look great. They sound great. Uh, Tyler and I generally use them each and every day of our lives. Uh, today, I was listening to. Should I go with the bad thing or the good thing? Uh, you know what? It's a bigger name thing. So I was listening to. You guys. There was a time, Julie. Listeners. There was a time. I was a huge fan of the Smashing Pumpkins and I still have a soft place in my heart for them, but, um, they put out a new, well, they put out a third of an album. They have, uh, they have a big like a uh, three part rock opera coming out in the spring and they released the first third of it, um, uh, on to streaming services. And, uh, I don't know. They've just lost something. It just feels like a shadow of their former selves, but at least I was listening on my tweaked audio.com earbuds. So it at least sounded as good as it could. Uh, those are available for a low, low price at tweaked But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweaked and use the offer code pretension. Julie. Yes. We're back from the break. We just took. Yes. Um, Who's our
0: guest? Our guest is a man that I met 17 years ago. He was wearing a sweater reminiscent of the one worn at the beginning of the Big Lebowski. And <laughs> somehow he's still hanging around. Folks, it's Scott and I. I still have the sweater. He still has the sweater.
2: <laughs> it's freaking it, awesome. Is it in good shape or is it, is it ratty? Or? I would not describe it as ratty. I mean, it started out ratty, so I guess it depends on your definition. Oh, okay. But uh, still pretty cozy yeah uh, speaking of long
1: cherished items of clothing i am to before we recorded Natalie and i were packing for our trip to idaho for thanksgiving and i was looking for like cold weather stuff which i haven't really worn since a i haven't worn since pre-covid b we've moved since then yeah. and i have a beloved scarf that i could not find mm-hmm. but i found it yeah. and that feeling i was like standing on like a step ladder with my hand in a bag of like old award screeners, like I looked everywhere else, and I was like, on the top of my top shelf of my closet, there's this bag of award screeners. Maybe I tossed something in there, and I couldn't even see in there. I was just reaching up, and you could like Natalie like saw the look on my face when I realized that I had a hold of my scarf. It was such a glorious feeling to find something that uh, I really like.
2: It's a great scarf, but not priced enough to actually pack in a sensible place. <laughs> you had to pack
1: it Wait, with old. You moved so. <laughs> You've moved. Sometimes things, you know, you start off with the best of plans. You sure do. And then sometimes certain things just end up.
0: You always lose one thing. There's always one thing that just goes, I think.
1: Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know if I've quite discovered what that thing was. I thought it was this uh, This scarf, but I found it.
0: Okay. Well, hopefully it's not something more essential.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah.
2: Darla. Uh, I, I found, <laughs> I, yeah.
1: No, it was, it was right there in a bag next to an old dvd screener of the box trolls um i don't know if that's really what it was i just like coming up with (laughs) uh random references um but we're not here to talk about award screeners although we could because it's that time of year um what are we here to talk about julie
0: we are here to talk about, so I had this idea, I was thinking about discussing um, musicians or musical artists who became actors, like who were established musical artists who transitioned to acting. Because I think the fundamental question of that transition is like, okay, they clearly have star persona, they clearly have presence, they have charisma. Does it translate, right? Does it translate across genres and mediums and i think in some cases it does and sometimes it doesn't and sometimes it's really a mixed bag and i just wanted to kind of explore that topic and of the people who have done it and see you know where they all landed okay yeah um so yeah I'm
1: i'm gonna throw to you
0: yeah. I was figuring, I'm like, how do I organize this? That we're not just shouting random names at each other. And I figured- that would
1: be though, to just- I mean, Well, that's true. We but it's going to
0: descend to that at some
1: point. It will. Yeah.
0: But this is me, and I like order and organization. Yeah. So I was figuring going loosely chronologically might be good just because kind of the reasons that people would make that shift kind of change over time, right? Because you early on, like- Musicians just be, started acting because like their their agents and managers in the studios just like owned them and would just be like, you're doing this now. Mm-hmm. And then over time, it kind of became more about people, I think, genuinely wanting to try it. So I figure you start, start way back. I know you, Scott, you found some people who are like going back to the 30s even. Hell yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, well, if you want to start there, certainly my beloved Marie Chevalier. I shouldn't say my beloved about somebody who was like a Nazi collaborator, but you know, we all to live by we all turned into problematic territory at some point he recovered then he's you know seduced audrey hepburn i know he was her dad in that movie i don't know what's going on (laughs) uh marie chevalier was a big star of the french stage in the 1920s uh who transitioned to motion pictures chiefly in the early sound era when they would literally just pop in front of a camera and start him off singing uh because he was just that personable You watch a movie like uh, One Hour With You or The Smiling Lieutenant, and really all you need is a fixed shot of Maurice Chevalier. Set him off for five minutes, that's cinema, baby. Um,
0: Nazi (laughs) collaboration
2: aside, uh, big fan. And I've always thought he was kind of an underrated actor in general because the definition of acting is so narrow. And I think that will prove a valid template for this episode as we go along. Is that like, yeah, we have some people in here that turned out to be very accomplished actors but mostly they got by on having a lot of personality and to me anyway that's that's more than enough um what marie chevalier did in those movies almost nobody else could do um and nor would you want to try to make anybody else sound like the most grotesque french men of all time um and sing songs in like a mostly convincing way uh and just kind of like smile at pretty girls and have a gay old time um, but all those classic Lubitsch movies that he was in were pretty fantastic.
0: Did And did he partially inspire Pepe Le Pew? It was him and Charles, um, Boyer. Charles Boyer, yeah. To get, give you a sense of just how French we're talking and just how horny, <laughs> just how horny. <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed Marie Chevalier too. I think again, it's like, we are, we do have to think of like, what is the definition of acting here? Cause he was not Meryl Streep in that out there. No. He was not like going method. He was not like, he was being <laughs> himself, but in terms of like thumbs up, thumbs down. Did this transition work for sure? Yeah, you know?
1: absolutely. But that is um, a whole category you're talking about of like the, the people are buying their ticket to the movie, not to see, you know, Elvis Presley become a new character. They're paying they're, they want to see Elvis Presley be Elvis in a different movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, sure. So there's that category and then there's like actual like character actors category as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. Um, someone actually another person from the 30s who might fall kind of in between the two is Bing Crosby, who was whose musical career was just taking off when he started to be in movies, um, but was famous enough from the radio to kind of be built in that regard. And if you watch his early movies, I mean he's mostly just like on screen to sing, but he did eventually right win uh Academy Award for acting. Yeah. Um, and certainly developed into a pretty, I think, notable performer. And distinctive actor
0: he's also funny he's yeah. like surprisingly funny for like given what we know of his persona and i think in a lot of his earlier roles he it was it skewed more comedy it skewed musical sure. comedy and he kind of only found his way into drama but like he is funny in the road to movies oh yeah um what was that was it uh what was that one we saw at UCLA, uh, whatever. Anyway, the point is the big is broadcast. The big broadca- like, yeah, he's funny in these. Um, mm. But what's what's interesting, too, is he had this persona of being like so cool all the time. Yeah. He was a very cool guy. And this segues well into another major, you know, person in this genre, which is Frank Sinatra. I bring yeah. this up because they had like a fake rivalry, which is very funny. Um, kind of in the way that like Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman do now, like they had that in the 40s. Um, which is really funny to listen to. I got into this phase where I was listening to old radio (laughs) broadcasts from World War II. I mean, listen, it happens to all of us. And they are like, because the joke was always that they were ragging on Bing Crosby for being old and he was ragging on Frank Sinatra for being scrawny, which it doesn't seem like there's a lot of mileage there, but somehow there was. So yeah, Bing Crosby was always this very like, kind of cool, detached, and, and that could be funny or it could be tragic. But like Frank Sinatra, I think for as much as we think of Frank Sinatra as being a cool guy now, he was like very neurotic. Like He's a very kind of neurotic guy. I read a biography of him. No chill, this guy. absolutely no chill. And I think he actually used that very effectively as an actor. I mean, he won an Oscar um and from here to eternity. and I think he turned kind of that neurosis into like vulnerability in a lot of his roles. I mean, he's good in that. He's good in um the man with the golden arm, yeah, some um, came running. some came running. His amazing, um, yeah. even in some of the lighter roles, like oceans eleven or um, Was it Robin and the seven hoods? Yeah. (laughs) Like even where he's kind of just like vibing, like he, he's like a weird guy. Like we don't think of it that way now, but like Frank Sinatra is a weird guy. And I think he, he definitely tapped into that effectively. I would say.
2: Yeah. I mean, other, certainly the rest of the Rat Pack fared pretty well themselves. Dean Martin, most notably, um, and I mean, I don't think he ever developed into being as good of an actor as Frank Sinatra. But in some ways, I prefer watching him, not only because he started with Jerry Lewis a lot. I'm a big Jerry Lewis fan. But you watch something like Rio Bravo, where he's given some real meat to do, or for that matter, some game running where Frank Sinatra has the meteor role. But um, Martin kind of provides the good counterweight to be like, oh, here's a guy who has no soul. So <laughs> at least Sinatra's got that going for him um And Sammy Davis Jr., you know, he wasn't given as many opportunities. But the hell, was that movie we talked about in the TCM Fest? Episode? A Man Called Adam. Yeah, he was great in that.
0: um I was on the fence about whether to include him because you may recall we watched a movie he made when he was seven years old. <laughs> sure. um He was in. It's like a Vitaphone talkie. It's like a super crazy oh, thing. Wow. But even when he is seven years old, you're like, oh my god, this this guy's a star because he's tap dancing and singing. um He's seven. I think it's on YouTube or something. It's called Rufus Jones for President, and it. Ask the question, what if a seven-year-old Sammy Davis Jr. was elected president? (laughs) Um, Asking that question in the 30s, it's a little racist and weird, but it's still, you know, he's very talented. But yeah, it is a shame he wasn't given more opportunities. What with the racism? Um, I I don't want to steamroll you, David, if you have anything to say about any of these people.
1: Um, No, that's okay. um,
0: (laughs) Also in the 40s, Doris Day was an established singer before she became an actress. And what's interesting is we've seen a couple really early roles of hers. I think Romance on the High Seas is one from 1948. And they didn't figure out her star persona right away. Um, So Oscar... Levant? Levant? Yeah, I think Levant. Anyway, that guy. At one point, he famously quipped, I knew Doris Day before she was a virgin, which like she was not always, she didn't always have that persona. Mm-hmm. So in Romance on the High Seas, she's like horny. She's like kind of saucy and horny. And you're like- dirty, flirty, and thriving. Yeah, you're like doing a double <laughs> take. And you're like, is this the same person? But I'm always fascinated by that. Like watching, you know, actors before they have locked into the persona they're known for and being like, oh, this could have gone a different way. Because she was great. You yeah. know, and she like, mm. you know, obviously I don't have to tell you, she has a ton of charisma. Um, She was, I think Oscar nominated or was she not? Maybe they just gave oh, her that honorary sure one later on. Point. I don't know. But um, obviously oodles of charisma, great singer, very fun to watch. But yeah, it is interesting to watch that and be like, what if it what if had gone a different way with this? But yeah. they just nominated,
1: nominated in 1960 for pillow talk for lead actress. Okay. Never, I mean, she worked.
0: always
2: kind of pushed back on that, uh, the notion that she had a virgin persona. Um, I I think she gave some example from pillow talk. In fact, that like, she was like, yeah, that that girl knows what's up because she's been around already and just doesn't want to like repeat her errors.
0: Hey, fair Mm -hmm. enough. Um, also in that era, Burl Ives was a singer first, um, before he became an actor. I mean, he won an Oscar in the fifties for the big country. He was, he was big daddy and cat on a hot chin roof. So obviously very formidable presence, um, Harry has to
2: be large, and have a deep voice. That's yeah, like start for an acting career.
0: It really is. Um, you can do a lot with that. Um, Harry Belafonte is another one. Started as a calypso singer, mm-hmm. um, turned into a very compelling actor. I mean, I think to the point where people don't talk about his calypso career very much. <laughs> I don't know if that's because his acting overshadowed it, or maybe he was a terrible calypso singer. I don't know. I'm not that familiar with his musical career. Um also (laughs) uh, uh,
1: yeah, okay. When I think of Harry Belafonte, I actually probably think of him as like an activist.
0: Oh, also that. Yeah.
2: That's yeah.
0: Um and uh oh Bobby Darren had a bit of an acting career. Um
2: I think he's good in Late Blues. He is, yeah. I mean, it's not like Cassavetti's best and not the most Cassavetti's movie, but as like a solid late melodrama, it's really good.
0: Um yeah, he was even nominated for an Oscar. Uh, for a different movie, I think it was called Captain Newman, MD. Sure, I don't, I don't know anything about that. Remember um, the
1: movie where Kevin Spacey played Bobby
2: Darren, yeah, Beyond In the Sea, C- C- and he directed it too. Yeah, when he was like already fifteen years older than Bobby Darren ever was.
0: Yep. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. you just don't get around to it, and you're not letting those rights go, <laughs> and
2: uh, it
1: happens. Yeah. I mean, what was that, the big one? Like um, at Eternity's Gate, where like Willem Dafoe was
2: like. <laughs> a quarter century at least older than van Gogh like ever was yeah I, I think the director was like well they aged harder back then
0: I mean he's not wrong
2: yeah it is true yeah
0: they aged so yeah. much harder they all smoked no and there was no sunscreen it was bad <laughs> it was bad um also this one was borderline so I wasn't sure where that included but Anne Margaret like she kind of started singing and acting right at the same time but I would say singing had a tiny bit of a head start Um, and they realized very quickly that she was the total package. Um, there is yeah, yeah, yeah. well, (laughs) I, I set myself up for that, but, um, yeah, she apparently was marketed at the time as like the female Elvis. Like they were really trying to make her that. And she I think she even covered some Elvis songs. Like they were really trying to hmm. position her opposite Elvis um to the Quite literally. Yeah. And then they started putting them in movies together. Um, obviously they figured out she had the it factor. I mean, for crying like the opening of Bye bye Birdie is just her in a void for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Like you really need charisma to sell that. Um
2: Yeah, I mean, she's like pure vibes I, I can't remember how you described it after we watched uh view las vegas but it's like i mean she could certainly out charisma elvis and it's worth getting into elvis because i like elvis on screen but um he, he was well matched and kind of uh encouraged you could tell like ann margaret was like so good and so sexy in the movie that he was trying to give it a little extra to boot um i haven't seen some of Elvis's more acclaimed films. I know people really like him in wild in the country. I really like Viva Las Vegas and um, jailhouse rock. The best though is, Oh shoot. King remember. Creole. King Creole. Yeah. Uh, which was his first movie, I think. Hmm. And was really where he was trying to, I mean, this was covered in the movie that came out this year, but he, where he was really trying to be like James Dean or like any one of the best actors of the day. And King Creole was directed by Michael Curtiz, and, you know, it's got some chops. Um, and he like I said, he is really good in it, but it does kind of you can feel it coming up against kind of the singer limitations and a little bit of lacking classical training, um, but not for lack of trying. You can just see that he's holding himself back and kind of instinctively at times. But um, this era on the whole is like kind of my favorite for singers and movies because it was so driven by like just like studio heads and record owners and all that kind of stuff um and they just like forced directors to work with all these singers who like had varying degrees of talent or even interest in yeah, being like, in the did
0: movies Elvis want to act
2: yeah that's what I'm saying I think he did okay because I think he wanted to be like a James Dean yeah but um yeah there's just some there's just some interesting like friction that develops as a result of uh people being forced to work together that I've always enjoyed and like even these days when uh director you can tell I mean this is like jumping ahead several eras, so not to throw off your whole system, but we How did promise. How dare you? <laughs> for but for as much as people rag on, uh, don't worry, darling, which I, I know I generally like more than most uh, broadly, but I think people were unfair to Harry Styles, who is fine in the movie, but it, I, I was just kind of charmed by the whole presence of it, because it kind of harkened back to this era of just like trying to make a singer happen because they know they can juice the box office with them.
0: For sure.
1: Yeah. Uh, Uh, but I I
2: don't know if this is
1: exactly what you're talking about, but I I was thinking about a guy like Gene Autry. um, And like, is, is the premise of this episode actually like coming at it from a present day bias where we see people as like filling one role and then branching out into another. Whereas a guy like Gene Autry, like, is he a singer? He's an actor. He was just like an entertainer. And so he was just like in stuff, (laughs) you know? So like, I don't know where does one begin and the other,
0: Yeah. I mean, that's kind
1: of the area you're talking about, with just like studio heads or producers and just putting people in stuff because they were big and they were entertainers.
0: Yeah. And also like the types of entertainment, like if you go back to the 20th century, it looked different. I mean, you had like popular stage reviews, you had vaudeville, you had like these styles of entertainment that did kind of blur the line in a lot of ways. So it's like that's kind of why I wanted to go chronologically is because yeah, I think the nature of this kind of crossover or whatever you want to call it does evolve, you know? Yeah. And
2: this goes back to an earlier era, but uh, I didn't put down like Al Jolson for that reason is that he was like kind of a Broadway star, but only insofar as like they kind of crafted shows around unfair to say his persona and his persona was performing in blackface, but um right i will throw out some love for hallelujah i'm a bum again which is a great early musical where he thankfully does not perform in blackface but um yeah i mean there's tons of folks like that uh who then came up through movies because it was the next logical step to the yeah the general entertainer persona i'm trying yeah. to think of yeah. like a more recent example i know where
1: i don't i don't want to get no, uh, no sorry Julie. i'm just trying to think of a more <laughs> recent example of someone who was like just brought their persona to movies and not tried to do, you know, you know, like I love share but like share like clearly was like she's a singer and then also like a serious actress at right. the same time. I'm trying to think of someone like um I don't know, maybe Whitney Houston at the time, maybe christina aguilera maybe tried it with burlesque
2: <laughs> you know like yeah i mean um, i was also thinking of like mariah carey with glitter or right. britney spears with crossroads right uh, right movies i haven't seen so i can't really speak to them but oh, with- i saw both of those they're very for- forgettable I yeah like those are the kind of movies that
1: get like reputations for being terrible but they're actually just like boring yeah they're just, they're just nothing movies
2: yeah Um, But I I guess I don't know the extent to which either of them play on their personas or like extensions of them. I kind of figure they are, but I I just don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I do feel like kind of the music, especially as we have fewer musical movies, I do feel like the worlds of music and acting are becoming more separated and more siloed, which is why, yeah, the crossover now maybe feels a little more dramatic than it maybe once did.
1: Yeah. it It feels like it's a choice to like, establish a new facet of the personality as opposed to like adapt the existing personality you know there's a reason we're not getting like bruno mars movies you know because that's not like i I mean maybe someday bruno mars will yeah maybe he will be a serious actor but like i I think to go back to the harry styles thing it's like it's it's telling that which type of roles he's chosen whereas he like you know, 50, 60 years ago, he's exactly the type of pop star who yeah. would, like, let's build a movie around his persona. Now, when he does movies, it's, you know, Dunkirk and Don't Worry, Darling and My Policeman and stuff that's clearly like
2: working against the persona. Yeah. And I kind of wish they would because like the few videos I've seen of him perform, like, dude's got charisma. Like, you yeah. can yeah. build something around that for sure. Um, I think the closest that I came across in my research of like, yeah, that modern equivalent that seems like it's maybe an extension of the persona would be like Adam Levine and uh, Begin Again. Okay. Yeah. Which I didn't Oh, like. okay. Didn't like you
0: you said Adam Levine and my brain heard Adam Divine and I that's a yeah. different that's something else. Yeah, somewhere. not a singer. Yeah, never mind. Um so going back right, to back the on 16, track before you derailed me, you mm-hmm. maniacs. That's why
2: I like being the guest on these episodes.
0: <laughs> Someone has to keep order. Um I would say, yeah, Barbara Streisand. Um is a major one where that was kind of intertwined. Like she started out as a nightclub singer and I think she did always want to act, but yeah, they were definitely building movies around her. I mean, obviously they saw recently the challenge of like, you know, trying to put funny girl on Broadway I and mean, be like, Ooh, how much a funny girl was Barbara Streisand? Mm-hmm. Like, can this show work with someone else? Turns out it can work with Leah Michelle. Good for her. But like, um, she is obviously a force of nature and they discovered that very quickly put her in funny girl, but even like, um, I mean, the way we were hello, Dolly, I feel like is super underrated. Um, I know at the time and even to this day, people complain that she's too young for that role. I don't care (laughs) because I'm just like, I can't, I can't see anybody else. Like it's just, it's too good.
2: Yeah. The movie's just a blast. But I I mean, for me, definitely the way we were is like tops as far as Barbara goes. Um, I mean, I, I like Yentl and I like the hello Dolly and I even mostly like funny girl, the movie, um but the way we were is like she's really bringing it and even a part and it's one that doesn't at all rely on her persona or her star power i mean star power to an extent but it, it's really a pure like acting job
0: i, feel I, like you're, I mean you're probably... leaving out
1: my personal favorite uh, bab's role which is what's up doc
0: oh yeah yeah i like
1: my...
2: love what's up doc too i'm just saying the way we were that's
1: okay. my shit i haven't seen it so i'll put
0: it on the list I would say, though, I feel like even if she's doing quote unquote real acting, it's hard not to think that she shaped those roles in some way.
2: Oh, uh, probably to an extent. But like the way we were was like an existing screenplay and it's based off like this guy's. Uh, genuine love life story. Um, so there was like a pre-existing thing, whereas, yeah, a lot of the other roles do feel like they were more molded to her than her, like her coming to it.
0: Yeah, even like later stuff, like I know I'm alone in this. I enjoyed the guilt trip, like her and Seth oh. Rogen just bickering. No, when
1: you and I have talked about this before. I also yeah. really like the guilt trip.
0: Because like that, her in that movie, like that's my mother. I was just like watching <laughs> this movie and I'm like, this is a movie about my mother. Um, but yeah, she just like, she's, She's a singular presence. She really like, there's really no one like her, I think. And yeah. That's why that's why she's an icon. Um also in terms of people who are very unique, David Bowie. Um he
1: well, well he's I was gonna bring him up because yeah. he seems like an example of like in his early roles, it's like there was a persona of David Bowie, so let's cast him as the man who like felt Earth and, and like these, and, or, or in a more mainstream thing, like Labyrinth, like he's this otherworldly character, but like over time, he never like lost his weirdness, but he became more of a character actor. You know, like, I feel like, um, well, we mentioning the prestige for two weeks in a row. <laughs> um, his, when he shows up as Nikola Tesla in prestige, it like, it could be, it could seem like stunt casting, but he's also really good. It's like my favorite part of the movie um is is him and i yeah so he he seems like someone that someone initially thought like this would be a good persona to put in movies and then actually became a good actor
0: but he never like he always, was. He, he always plays someone who's sort of weird right like that i was gonna i was trying to impact. find yeah
2: if there's a movie where he's not kind he's of never, weird. just
0: like a divorced accountant like he's just, like he's always kind like you know, in Hunger, or no, The Hunger, <laughs> he's, like, a vampire. Like, there's always something that makes him kind of weird. I guess, like,
2: Last Temptation of Christ is, like, closer where, you're, like, I mean, yeah, he's Pontius Pilate, which is a notable figure in the story, but he is also just, like, some guy, to a degree.
0: But if that's the closest he gets to so a normal... No, Pontius place. Pilate is I the closest he you. gets to playing a normal guy. <laughs> like, you know. um, um yeah. What about...
1: I mean, it's not... What about Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence? That's, I mean, yeah. He's like a, I mean, he's not like supposed to be a weirdo in that movie. He's right. obviously, um, I wouldn't call him a normal guy either, but it's not like, look at this weirdo.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alternate title of the movie, look at this weirdo. Uh, but yeah. It's a great movie. By the way. Oh, for sure. I-, I think that's just somebody who, like, they they couldn't make him play just a totally like what would be the point I guess of getting David Bowie and making him play a totally normal guy.
2: But I think, he but I, think
1: could I mean though this yeah? is getting off off topic. But I remember reading an interview with Willem Dafoe where the interview pointed the interviewer pointed out how often like Willem Dafoe is like on the one hand known for playing like you know crazy over the top weirdos, but also has more often than you think played just like totally normal guys like an American yeah. psycho. He's just like the milk toast like detective. And um so uh yeah maybe one of those Willem Dafoe roles could have gone to to David Bowie <laughs> in another life, in another world.
0: Could be. Um also Imagine
1: David Bowie is the hotel, the motel manager in the Florida
2: project. I think he would just, like, take the swans in as, like, his pets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's, like, too spooky. I don't know.
2: Well, it feels pretty spooky.
0: Well, the yeah, but not, he's not Bowie spooky. Okay. Bowie, David Bowie had a pupil that was permanently dilated. Did you know that? That's why his eyes are weird. Mm. It's, like, that's not a, no. But um, also a somewhat more normal guy from that era but there's, I guess, a Nicholas Rogue connection. Art Garfunkel sure. uh, was in some movies in the 70s, um, and he was pretty good.
2: Yeah. I was trying to, have I seen anything besides Colonel Knowledge? Bad timing. Yeah, bad timing. He's good in that.
0: Yeah. Um, I, part of me, I don't know what compelled him to get into acting, but that does almost feel a little bit to me of just like a weird, drug-fueled 70s, like, hey, should I be in a movie? Like...
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. And he... It, it is kind of funny because I, I know like he and Paul Simon had like several outs for several reasons. One of the which, one of which is that like Art Garfunkel just had more like natural singing talent than Paul Simon could ever conjure. And Paul Simon was like intensely jealous of this. And similarly, like I, it's hard pressed to f- think of a guy who tried less on screen, but like could get away with more than just like Art Garfunkel showing up in these movies and just like being kind of just like a normal plain white guy. But like, <laughs> kind of being really great at that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh nicholas
1: Rogue also cast mick jagger in performance
2: yeah i thought of jagger too i haven't seen performance but um oh it's really good i did see what was that weird movie he was just in like a couple years ago
0: oh the burnt orange harrison yeah
2: (laughs) that like randomly jaggers just like this rich eccentric guy Hmm. um Jumping off the Barbara Streisand thing, though, Chris Christopherson, her co-star in the 70s version of A Star Is Born, which is still the only Star Is Born I've not seen.
0: Gotta collect um, them all. They're like Pokemon. yeah.
2: But It's definitely uh, the worst one, though. That's what people say, but yeah. I don't know.
1: I like Christopherson yeah, I've seen, a lot. I've seen all the A uh, Star Is Borns that are called that. I've never seen What Price Hollywood. Well, Price Hollywood's but, fine. But, uh, um, Yeah. A Star is Born 76 is pretty bad. But, but Chris Christian Somersen's good in a lot of stuff, uh,
2: not not least of which Blade and Blade 2. <laughs> Most obviously. <laughs> I was going to go with Alice doesn't live yeah, anymore, same. but that, that was just me. Um, although, like, for 70s vibes of just, like, casting uh, musicians and purely getting vibes, Tulane Blacktop with Dennis Wilson and James Taylor, oh, all nice. vibes. <laughs> James Taylor going, like, Make it 300. What is that friggin' line where he's like, make it three yards and you got to race, motherfucker? <laughs> Coolest moment on screen ever.
0: I feel like Um, you need to standardize like in, in much the way that like Roger Ebert had thumbs up and hummed down. I feel like you need to standardize your vibes ranking.
2: It's really true because like getting to a point where.
0: Yeah. Like the vibes ranking, it it just seems to be Hmm. like becoming more prominent. So I'd love to see that standardized in some way.
2: Well, vibes cannot be standardized. That's the problem.
0: That is the problem.
1: Um, before we leave Chris Christopherson, I also want to mention Lone Star and how good he is in in Lone Star.
2: I, I still um, need to see, like, most John Sayles movies.
1: Well, Lone Star, I would say, put it near the top. That's That one, they couldn't be more different, but that and Brother from Another Planet are, like, maybe my two favorite John Sayles. But, yeah, that's completely different movies. That's the beauty of John Sayles. Yeah.
0: Um, also, I... I have not seen as much of this person's filmography as I would like to, but Dolly Parton in 9 to 5 is a damn delight. Um, I should probably get deeper into the filmography. But... Yeah,
2: I mean, I haven't seen, like, Rhinestone. Um, yeah. I was trying to think if I've ever seen other things. By her,
0: but... Yeah, that's what
2: I'm trying to look at. I haven't seen it, Best right? Little Whorehouse.
0: She hasn't been in a ton of stuff, admittedly.
2: But 9 to 5 is almost enough to, like, build a legacy on. Stu oh, yeah. Magnolias, I never saw that. Um, didn't see Nomeo and Juliet. (laughs) Didn't see um, Frank McCluskey CI. What are all these movies? What are these According
1: to, I guess she was in the Beverly Hillbillies movie. I don't remember. I saw it once. Oh, she plays herself, of course. Oh, sure. Classic. So, yeah. I saw that when I was a kid.
0: I mean, obviously like we are not here to debate if Dolly Parton has star power. Like she, but I I think what's interesting about her role in nine to five is she was obviously a huge star at that point, but she's not, Playing that. Like she is, she's playing like a normal person, kind of. Yeah,
2: she's huge star enough to put it all away.
0: Yeah, but you're still, but she's still deeply compelling. Yeah. And she still is like charismatic, but you're not really like, that's Dolly. I mean, you are, but you're like, she's, she is seeming like a normal person.
2: Yeah. There aren't a lot of public people who are as much themselves as Dolly Parton is Dolly Parton. <laughs> so it's, it is hard to get rid right. of that.
0: Yeah. Um, Also, well, this was a weird one because it spans a lot of eras, but um, our recently dearly departed Meatloaf um, dabbled on the screen a little bit.
2: Um, I've never seen Rocky Horror, but I mean, he's good in Fight Club. Yeah, he's great in Fight Club. He's good as Jack Black's dad in Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny.
1: (laughs) I forgot about that movie. Um, I'm trying to think what else I've seen with him in it. I saw
0: The Celebrity Apprentice
1: no <laughs> um let's see yeah if I, uh oh focus that's not a great movie to be honest uh not the will smith focus the i was Wayne gonna macy. say not that yeah one. um the way H macy focus was a movie about way macy plays a guy who gets new glasses that make everyone think he's jewish wait wait, wait
0: are you like compressing wait. it too much <laughs> there's words missing for that to make sense I Feel like this
2: has to be the rest of this episode <laughs> it, it,
1: okay i'm okay the, the tagline is everything is about to become very clear
0: uh is it
1: <laughs> the, okay in the waning months of world war ii a man and his wife are mistakenly okay, identified world war II, as, that that's helpful context as, yeah are mistakenly identified as jews by their anti-semitic brooklyn neighbors Suddenly the victims of re- racial persecution, they find themselves aligned with a local Jewish immigrant in a struggle for dignity and survival. Okay, this description doesn't <laughs> mention the glasses. That's why it's focus. Clearly like-
0: the most important part. <laughs> Hold on.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm trying to see. The, uh, uh, so how did does I ma-
0: fit into this?
1: He's
2: one of the anti-Semitic neighbors. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're forgetting... Meatloaf's most impactful role in our lives, which is in Wayne's World. Um, Obviously. wait, who is he? Which who is he in Wayne's World? He's the bouncer at the club when they're going to see the bands, and he uh, he tells them that the shitty Beatles suck.
1: Yeah, yeah, they suck. So it's not just a clever name. Yeah, yeah, of course. How could I forgot forget that that's Meatloaf?
0: But it's almost like I mean, he does play like you know very different roles in all of these things but it's almost mm-hmm. amazing that he can play not even a normal but just anything in the zip code of a normal person yeah. given his music like yeah. I-, I guess it's just what else do you do you do with him like he's just so out there yeah you
2: know? his role in uh from what i gather rocky horror or in tenacious d are probably the closest like matching yeah the musical persona but yeah it is funny how often he just shows up as like some dumpy guy <laughs> yeah yeah Okay, at
1: least the the Wikipedia plot description of Focus (laughs) confirms, yes, Lawrence buys a new pair of eyeglasses that people around him say make him look Jewish when he wears them.
2: All right. Much to digest.
1: Yeah, Tyler and I watched that movie together on DVD in our first apartment when when (laughs) when it first came out.
0: I think I misunderstood what you said. And I thought you were saying that he wears glasses that make everyone else look Jewish. I heard the
1: same thing, actually.
0: <laughs> I was like, what does that even mean?
1: So it's like they live, but yeah. yeah. But,
2: but for Jews. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, God, we're killing David. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, so um, weird pivot. Um, Tom Waits is a cool yeah. guy. Who's in a lot of cool movies?
2: Maybe like the best example of like the successful transition, right?
1: Over, I mean, it almost feels like he has just like yeah, but he it almost feels like he does have just like two different careers. Like it doesn't like I feel like you could not be a fan of Tom Waits music and be like, oh, Tom Waits the actor, like you would know him because he shows up often enough and is memorable enough, and anything you know from Dracula to the old man and the gun. Um, what else? Mystery Not Man by law.
0: Yeah. All the jarmish yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, I was, I was looking at his filmography and I was like, is, does he ever like act act or is it more just, he has a screen persona? Hmm. Like I'm genuinely asking. I, I wasn't sure. You know? Yeah.
2: I was intrigued actually. Cause, um, he, Gus Van Santam wanted him to play the lead in drug Star cowboy, but no one would finance it. Um, mm. And so I was curious, I don't think I've seen him like have like a lead role. Like down by law is close, but um, he's not kind of like exactly the fulcrum of the movie. Um, Cause yeah, he does tend to show up as just like the weirdest guy in the room kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like, I, I, I think
1: you may be undervaluing what he does in those. Roles. Well, I don't think like, I'm undervaluing I, I, it at all. I'm just okay. noting
2: the archetype.
0: Yeah, no, it's because great. I feel like it's, it's not, not, it's not, he's not yeah,
1: he's not like even when he is playing a weird guy, it's not superficial.
2: Oh, of course. Oh, you no, know? like I he's think a he's generally really, weird guy. Yeah,
1: he's really effective in the Battle of Buster Scruggs and Shortcuts, yeah. um, the aforementioned Old Man and the Gun. Um, I thought he was very good in that.
0: Even being in Licorice Pizza for, like, two minutes. I did forget oh,
2: about right. Buster Scruggs, which is probably, like, the closest I've seen to him having, like, a lead role. Because he is, like, the only guy on screen for that whole section. Yeah. And he's yeah. great. That's my favorite section of the movie, for sure. Um, I, Of course, have to mention that he shows up and just yells at the sky in Domino, because Domino rocks.
1: Haven't seen it since it was new to DVD. You should probably watch it again. We all should. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, t- yeah, Tom Waits was definitely on my list to bring up. But it sounds like you're touching on most of mine.
2: Hermit Bob and the Dead Don't Die—the most Tom Waits role. <laughs> Hermit Bob.
0: <laughs> um, also from this era, since I guess we we're sort of into the '80s, um, a very divisive one: Madonna.
2: Yeah. yeah, I was trying to think if I like Madonna as an
0: actress. No, don't think knows. I do. Nobody knows. I, I okay. I I think it really. She did a lot of big swings. She, she did a sure lot did. of big swings and they didn't all work. I think I think it's like because I've never seen Evita, but I think the consensus is like that was a bad call all around or I haven't seen it, so I couldn't tell you. Um I think the times that she doesn't stray too far from herself can go okay. Like I think we can probably all agree on a league of her own.
2: Uh, their own. <laughs> what did I say? Her own. It's yeah, her just, only...
0: She is the only one. She owns the league.
2: More than one. Yeah, really. really, you're really that <laughs> <and> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's like the uh, closest I can think of to her like being really good in a movie. I mean, I, I know a lot of people love Desperate singing Studios and I think it's fine,
1: but... I, oh, I'm I'm in the camp of people who love that movie, but also she's... I mean, she's... Uh, she's not much of a character in the movie. She, the, the whole right, point is yeah. that she sort of like represents Rosanna Arquette's like ideal like break from suburban... Uh, housewifeness or, or whatever so she's meant she's she's playing like the madonna fig not not the madonna fig yeah. but she's playing uh, uh a version of herself because that's what the movie needs her to be and she's great at it and i love that movie but i don't know that feels more like just casting good casting in terms of like uh what what she already represents than it is a great performance yeah so yeah i haven't seen a lot of her movies i've never seen Avita, but um
0: uh and then like Dick Tracy, she's like sort of interesting. Yeah, she's she's interesting in it. Yeah.
2: It'd be interesting to see a better actress in it. Yeah. Um I'm I mean definitely remember
1: thinking she was very sexy when I was a kid. Well, in, sure. in Dick Tracy.
2: Uh scrolling through her filmography, I'm deeply intrigued by why she's the executive producer on both Agent Cody Banks movies. Um <laughs> Wow. I'm certain I mean, I'm deeply looking forward to the, her the movie she's directing about herself. Um I think that has all the promise in the world to be something I absolutely want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. And then I of course just have to mention body of evidence where uh, she thought was a guy to death because that comes up a lot these days.
0: <laughs> How many times are you like getting paid to like mention this movie on this podcast? Uh,
2: more than it made at the box office. <laughs> Zing.
0: <laughs> real, real topical on time. <laughs>
2: <here>. <laughs> that hot body of evidence material that people want. But
0: that does yeah. feel like her, like that does feel like almost the last gasp of like this this new artist is a star. We have to like get her in a like in kind of the old sense that we were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, but I
2: think I think she was more desperate to get herself in movies than anyone else because like, I mean, you can tell in her music videos that she loved old Hollywood and loved the idea of movies and stuff. And you can sure. I think part of the problem she runs into as an actress is that she wants to be there so badly mm-hmm. that, um, she, she never really feels at ease on screen, except like in a league of Iran where she feels very natural.
1: Well, I, sorry to jump ahead, but what do you guys think of lady Gaga as an actress? Cause it seems like that's kind of a, the, a, the a dig I've heard against her too, that she like wants too badly to be, to so, be seen as an actress
0: i figured out how i feel about lady gaga okay. because like mm-hmm. uh, as an actress so i, I saw her in a star's born i loved her in that and then i saw house of gucci and i was like i don't know but i figured out the difference so lady gaga is like maybe the most earnest person who has ever walked this earth <laughs> <laughs> it, it just <laughs> permeates everything like she was a guest judge on rupaul's drag race and when the when the queens walked down the runway on drag race all the judges like Like, have little, like, catty or pithy comments about their outfits. Lady Gaga, I'm sure, has seen the show. I'm sure she knows this. And yet, when she was a guest judge, they would just walk out and she would be like, this look is beautiful and it reminds me of something I wore 10 years ago. And they're just, it's like, she can't, she's so earnest, it's like to a fault. And I think that works in A Star is Born. Like she is just laying it all out there. She's just being Mm -hmm. vulnerable and honest and earnest. But then like when she has to play like a catty cold person, I feel like that doesn't work because she, she can't get there. She is Mm. so earnest. I like
2: her in House of Gucci a lot.
1: Yeah. I'm also a House of Gucci fan. So you're you're swimming upstream here. But of course we have to ask, does Lady Gaga count as a musician turned actor? Because of course she was on that episode of the Sopranos. As one of AJ's friends when they broke into the school and threw shit in the swimming pool before <laughs> she was had a had a career as a musician. So really that's where she started. That's where that was. Don't forget your the, beginnings, Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. The Sopranos season three, episode nine, the telltale Musadel. Um <laughs> I didn't look up season three, episode nine, but I just want to know I, I wanted everyone to know for the record that I would have been able to name the episode without looking it up. I just wanted to look up
2: where it fell in the order. <laughs> Great clarification. The people needed it. Um, but
0: yeah, it does seem like she's maybe at an interesting point where like, well, she's going to be Harley Quinn. That'll be something. Wait, what? Yeah. Yeah.
2: In the next Walking Phoenix, Phoenix,
0: Phoenix Joker.
2: Oh,
0: Breaking news. You heard it here last.
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. But I don't know. I It seems like She's clearly a talented person. She's clearly a passionate person. I'm not trying to write her off. I think she's got, she's got something. I mean, obviously she does. She's Lady Gaga, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Cause in my mind, we got a hit and a miss. So I think she was supposed to be in bullet train. She was supposed to be Sandra Bullock's role, which is mostly a voice role. Hmm. Um, you know, which would have been interesting. But.
1: No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't have
2: been. It, there's
0: nothing
1: about that movie that is interesting. Yeah, I don't think well, there's yeah, any way it'd be to, hard to
2: make that make that interesting. Um, kind of on the same continuum, though. I haven't seen that many. I think the only Debbie Harry movie I've seen is Video Drama. Um,
0: Are there that many?
2: Yeah. it Turns out a oh, lot. Wow. Okay. I'm scrolling through, and she was in. Well, more than I years. know
1: you're a uh, James Mangold guy. Have you
2: not seen Heavy? I've not seen Heavy. Uh, I have seen Copland though, but I don't remember her in it. It looks like it I also sad. don't remember her in copland she's billed as dolores the bartender which does not sound oh, like you know a prominent role in a in a movie that has a lot of people in it um but no i haven't seen um, heavy
1: also just looking at the heavy cast list her character's name in heavy is also dolores so i wonder if it's like a sure little cameo like nod um but uh heavy is a good movie
2: yeah it sounds like it um i mean it sounds like it was good enough for him to suddenly get to work with everybody in copland so must have yeah. made a mark um, but she's good in video drum for that matter i mean she's totally like mm-hmm. this spaced out uh kind of i don't know video zombie kind of woman uh but she's super compelling oh she's also in a um a really
1: fun uh, what is the uh, tales from the dark side the movie um which is like a 80s like horror anthology movie But she stars in the like wraparound, like connective thing that's in between everything where she plays a seemingly a uh, picture perfect suburban housewife woman. But who has um, kidnapped a small child with the uh, intention of cooking him for dinner for her dinner party. And the the kid is like keeping her from killing him by telling her horror stories. And that's like how the how you get in and out of, of each story
0: somehow I can buy Debbie Harry as like a weird cannibal murderess, but I can't buy her as a suburban housewife.
1: <laughs> I think that's, that's Yeah. It's that's like a bit of stuff. I think.
0: Yeah. You know, oh.
1: the, cause the movie like opens with like, it's Debbie Harry, but she's like in her like perfect, you know, uh, serial mom outfit, like at the grocery <laughs> store, picking up
0: children. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think, yeah, I think she's already, I think, as I recall, I've seen this movie multiple times. It's a fun movie. Um, And Oh, okay. You know who else is in that movie, who maybe is on your list, is Buster Poindexter, um, which is not his real name, but um, uh, what is his real name? Um, uh, Oh, shit. Why am I drawing a blank on uh, David Johansson?
2: I don't Uh, think I know who this person is.
1: Oh, okay. Well, David Johansson was in a band called the New York Dolls, and then he also had... Okay, and then he also had a m- musical sort of persona called Buster Poindexter, but he's also an actor. Um, you might know him. I would say people our age probably remember him from Scrooged. He's mm. the he's the ghost of Christmas Past, the the taxi driver. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if you were in Scrooged, yeah, um, yeah. So he's another like kind of like. Tom Waits, and that he's this sort of like 70s, 80s musician, but who was like whose persona was already kind of like a throwback. Um, and and yeah, he showed up in in some movies. And yeah, in Tales from the Dark Side, he plays a uh, uh a hitman who gets uh, killed by a demonic cat. <laughs> it's really Man, good. it's a hate good when movie. that happens, right? On. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so I, I wanted to bring up Bette Midler and then I was horrified to realize I've barely seen any of her movies, but I feel like she must go mentioned. Um I'm in the same boat,
2: unfortunately. David I've Seen take... Beaches. All right.
0: How what else back? was she? Well, Hocus Pocus. Um, oh God, so yeah, Seinfeld. That's... The Rose. Uh first. Yeah, but I feel Lives like I mean, Sein-
1: Seinfeld she played herself. So I feel no, like I it's like
0: yeah.
1: I feel like those don't count. <laughs> no. Uh okay um, yeah be- Beaches um, oh you know what's did you ever see Big Business? I like that movie No. no. Um, Big Business is a movie that's um, directed by Jim Abrahams from Zucker Abraham Zucker but it's just oh. Jim Abrahams and the premise is that um, Bette Midler there are two Bette Midler's and two Lily Tomlins in the movie and like the beginning of the movie in like the 50s um this like rich family is like on the countryside and then the wife goes into labor and they go to this country hospital and the same time there are two sets of twins born but like they two of them get switched so there's like a bet midler and a lily tomlin who live in the country and are poor and the bet midler and lily tomlin who live in the city and are rich but they're actually twins and don't know it and they meet each other in the city um it's a it's a fun uh sort of uh throwback farce um that has a really good cast. And additionally, it's got Fred Ward and, and Edward Herman uh and some other people. Um yeah, I like that movie. Nice. Big business. So I have I mean, a obviously... if you ever want to borrow the borrow Blu-ray, I will happily lend it to you. Well, if it comes with a
2: slipcover, I might fail you again. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. Inside
0: joke. Um yeah, I mean, obviously Bet Midler doesn't need our stamp of approval. She's clearly a multi-hyphenate icon at this point, And I feel bad I haven't seen more things with her in it, but, um, so Bette Midler, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Um, yep. so now we're sort of moving into the late eighties, early nineties. And I have to mention Marky Mark. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's weird now. Cause I think that's another case where like the music career, it's not, it's very rear view mirror.
2: Yeah. you know, I remember like, cause I only ever knew him as an actor, but even when I was like coming up as a cinephile, he was still like, Someone referred to as Marky Mark, or at least like being like, well, in now, a
0: dismissive way,
2: not in a dismissive way, but almost like a, he has trans, since transcended, right. but it, it always kind of used it as a touchstone the same way that like, we, we just saw hustle last night, which rocks. And um, the person monitoring the Q and a had to do that dumb thing with Adam Sandler and be like, we all understand you're a good actor now. It's like, yeah, we've understood that for long enough that you don't need to point it out again yeah. and again, but that also held on to Mark Wahlberg for a little too long.
0: Yeah. And it's like, uh, you said something, I think it was you who said this about Mark Wahlberg that I always think about. You're like, the thing that makes him interesting is whether he's in a drama or a comedy, he's acting exactly the same. Yeah. And it works.
2: When he has a good director. I mean, I I think he's unusually susceptible to how good his director is in terms of how good he is on screen. Um, but everyone every time he's been good in a movie is because he's been like fully earnest and fully like committed to the bit whatever the bit is whether it's serious or comedic
0: yeah yeah
2: so it's-
1: yeah um i'm o- older enough than you that i de- definitely remember uh you know marky mark and the funky punch um uh and i remember the the for me it was i think the basketball diaries was the first one when it was like oh marky mark's like in a movie right um but uh, yeah, then he very quickly sort of just became an actor and now uh, no one talks about his no. <laughs> his, his career anymore. It's um, uh, real quick, though, I want to tell you um, that just to really relate a little story, which is that Natalie and I were in uh, Hawaii recently and we were doing we had gone into like we were staying in like the tourist area of Waikiki. We had gone like walked into the city to go get some like authentic like shave ice at this place that's supposed to be like the best shave ice and then we were walking from there we were going to go on this like sunset booze cruise thing so we're walking so we're doing a lot of walking is the point and natalie's shoes she started to get a blister Um, so we like stopped into like a CVS and got some band-aids and she was like, I just need to sit down somewhere and put these band-aids on my feet. And, and so we went into a Wahlburgers in in Honolulu (laughs) to sit down and just like have a little drink and, and, and rest our, our feet. And, uh, it was the first time I've ever been to a a Wahlburgers. Um, and they have like posters for like, uh, Marky and Donnie movies and TV shows all over uh, all, all over the place but there's not a lot of references to marky mark and the funky Bunch there
2: <laughs> i always have because i've never been to a wall burgers either i always have to remind myself that it's a real restaurant right like a saturday night live sketch that we all just reference frequently yeah Yeah. no i had never been before
0: it doesn't seem real
1: and i didn't um, I, sorry i can't tell you how the burgers were we literally just like sat down and like yesterday. ordered a drink to to kill 20 minutes
0: um so yeah as we get more into the 90s um a lot of we get a lot of rappers turn to actors another obvious example is will smith yeah who like it's i it's really hard not to view him through the slap lens now but because really like the slap in in some ways it epitomizes so much weirdness that had been building for so long like people who didn't maybe know as much about him and just Thought he freaked out one night it's like no like he and jada like built a weird scientology school for kids and like he's been like acting weird and there was like the open relationships and the like there's been a big history of weird and it's like i can tolerate a scientology actor but it's like are they fun crazy or not fun crazy because i feel like tom cruise is fun crazy <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think
2: Tom Cruise is probably secretly evil Well, depths that we cannot imagine. Let me rephrase, because I realize
0: that is confusing. Compelling to watch crazy versus uncompelling to watch crazy. Oh, but for most
2: of his career, like when Will
0: Smith was on,
2: man, that's as good as it got. But
1: I yeah, guess I, I've always liked him as a movie star.
0: Yeah. But is it weird now that like, because do you look back on it and you're like, it doesn't play as well because there's dead-eyed crazy in there or no, but that's the same
2: thing with Tom Cruise. I mean, you go back and watch any old Tom Cruise, movie; he's got dead-eyed crazy. But
0: uh, in the compelling way.
2: <laughs> my, my hot take on this situation is that
1: I am less concerned about the slaps and it, it, it's a, it's practically a non-event to me. I, I don't care that much.
0: I mean, I don't listen. I don't think it like reshaped the world. I'm saying strictly in terms of Will Smith, I mean, I don't know his career will probably never be the same i think hmm. like yeah i I, think wonder. That's for I,
1: sure. I i think my argument is that we you know as uh uh you know uh educated bougie white hipster you know types are maybe a little insulated in our like uh uh intellectual middle-class lives and i think the number of people for whom what will smith did doesn't seem that out of line is probably way bigger than we're giving it credit for
0: oh sure i mean uh, so i I,
1: so yeah. I don't know how much it's going to impact his career long term well it's uh, i think long are, term are, are, maybe not
2: but i think short term you'll just have a de- dearth of people wanting to work with him that's it and yeah, I, I think in like five years, I mean, maybe even this year, cause he has a movie coming out this year that they're at least making a modest push for, but I would say certainly in like five, 10 years, like, yeah, he's going to make something that people will be like, this is the comeback. This is the Will Smith we all love and we'll all forget about it. And I'll do that because yeah, yeah. fundamentally, I mean, like we we're saying, he is a great movie star, even though, I mean, it's been a while. since I, I mean, I love Jim and I, man, but it's been a while since he's had something that really like, reminded us how good he is kind of thing because
0: like i did not care for king richard and i did not care for him in it
2: yeah i didn't care for king uh richard
1: either what does he have coming out this year What's
0: emancipation which i've heard from some inside sources apparently apple is just kind of trying to release it quietly into the night because like they can't okay. have him depress for it and like he's banned from the Oscars. like what are they gonna do you know
1: ridiculous
0: um but uh, um,
1: yeah sorry i'm looking at uh trying to figure out what was the last thing he was that I saw that I thought was really great. Cause I didn't see what was the one you liked? Gemini man. Good night, I man, Pretty solid. Oh, well, I mean, long time listeners of this podcast know that I am nuts about the first 60 minutes or so of, I am legend. Um, well, yeah, but that was before it becomes a different movie, but that's, I mean, that's 15 years ago and that's been 15, the last, yeah, like, wow. yeah, but uh, yeah, I am legend, man, that would be so good for so for... long. <laughs> really the majority of it yeah uh it, it's uh, it's kind of disappointing where it goes but uh anyway back to the topic um, at
0: hand so yeah if you want to pivot to less problematic people or less controversial people well, are we still in rappers um i guess it doesn't have to strictly be that
1: but because we didn't talk about tupac shakur who sure. um obviously for um very sad reasons doesn't have a lot of credits but was clearly making a name for himself as as a as an acting talent not just uh, a rapper who could star in movies um uh i know poetic justice and 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 uh and juice um but i think did either of you did either see did either of you ever see gridlocked no um That is a great movie. Tyler and I are both big fans. It's a Battleship Retention uh, favorite. That's kind of a um, dark comedy where Tupac and Tim Roth play uh, drug addicts who are trying to go clean. And the movie is like kind of a farce in a way, but also a very like R-rated, you know, drug addict movie at the same time. And then like really like walks that line very, very carefully. And Tupac is not only great in it, he's also really funny in it. And like, it was one of the last things he, he made, um, sadly, but, uh, r- really showed, like, I think there was, I think he had, he had a lot more to show us, uh, uh, as, as an actor. It's very sad. Obviously Tupac's death is sad, but, yeah. um, if you take anything away from this episode, it's, uh, check out
2: gridlocked, really good movie. Also uh, included in the cast, the aforementioned John Sayles. Yeah. As cop. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Also a rapper from this era, Queen Latifah. Um, We were, uh, we saw Hustle last night. So we were just talking about her and how she's had an interesting career. She started out as a rapper, became Mm an actress became an R and B singer and then acted more like, it's just been this kind of like weird trajectory, but she's obviously very talented at a lot of things. And I know Chicago was obviously a huge turning point for her. I think she was Oscar nominated for that. Um, huge presence on screen, obviously. Um, and then hairspray a similar thing where they're adapting a musical and she gets a showy part in it. Um, yeah, she's great. She was in Hustle and she and Adam Sandler playing a married couple is delightful. Um, he was at a Q&A and he just kept calling her the queen, which was very charming. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, she I feel like she's what is she mostly thought of as now an actress? Probably a question because she ha- she she has that show on CBS or whatever. The Equalizer like she's she does all. Yeah, the
2: that's true. She's all yeah. over I feel like someone in a similar vein to her and not just because they were in a movie together, but common, uh, yeah. who we were talking about before this, we started recording as just like, he's just like a regular actor. Now he just like shows up and things like, he's not really especially notable for any reason. He just like steadily arrives and does pretty solid work. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I am not
1: really a big fan of common as an actor, to be honest. Um,
2: but I'm almost saying like, how would you even be a fan or not fan of him? He's just like, he's serviceable and he basically he, does the job.
0: Yeah. He shows up in small roles and plays normal people. And I'm like, where like, but I'm see, surprised that's what I, think. He's I don't,
1: not. I don't buy him as a normal person. I think oh. I like him in the John Wick movies when he's not supposed sure. to be normal, you know, it's like because common cuts a very striking figure. And so I think using his look and his physicality and uh, especially like that, that, that huge fight um at the beginning of john wick II. um when that ends with them like crashing through the like rome uh into the lobby of the rome like outpost of the continental and then sitting down yeah. and having a drink together that's so cool um but like seeing him play a regular guy and like um what's the lord movie? movies it's called the tale
2: yeah. Um, oh, right. I totally forgot he was in that.
1: Yeah. He's the husband or boyfriend or something like that. Or yeah. like, I, you know, the hate you give where he's the the uncle. I just don't buy him as oh, a I real. Oh, I forgot
0: he was. Th- this is the problem God. is we yeah. keep forgetting he's in these things. <laughs> he's like not making an impact, I guess. And then I was like, oh, he was in Selma. And Scott was like, yeah, I remember that because he did the song. I'm like, yeah, you remember the song. <laughs> right. You don't remember him physically present.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay, I was trying to think of the movie. It's unfortunately not very good, but the movie where he was a lead, it's called Love, L-U-V. Um, okay. And uh, he plays, uh, it's like a... Uh, oh, he's not the father, he's the uncle. So it's... Oh, right, okay, so he's uh, a sort of ex-con spending the day with his nephew.
0: Okay. And well, that it, sounds...
1: Unfortunately, good. Not, not not great, but it's got him and Dennis Haysbert and Danny Glover. It's a good cast, but... Yeah. But he was a lead in that.
0: Okay. So he, he got out of the system, I guess.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Also kind of in this era, um, Tyrese Gibson or just Tyrese, if, if you want Um, I realized in looking at this, I have never actually seen a Tyrese movie. And so far as most of his filmography is fast and furious and or transformers oriented, <laughs> Um but if someone wants to I, no, he's
2: I, I basically fine in the movies. Again, yeah. nothing really to write home about, but I think he has enough personality that comes through. Um yeah,
1: I forget that he
2: is a singer. Is
1: that what he is? Or yeah, uh, no, I, he I was he was an RB singer.
0: Music. He okay. was an RB singer in the actually uh, he has a new album out this year, so he never stopped. It was kind of oh, wow. he started out as that and it's kind of always been interwoven. Yeah.
1: Um No, he's in two movies that I've seen, both of which I like. John Singleton's Baby Boy um, and John Singleton's underrated Four Brothers, also starring Mark Wahlberg, which is a remake of a Western um, called The Four Sons of someone or other. Um, Baby Elder? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's a remake of that, but set in, I guess, then, I mean, this is 17 years ago but then modern day detroit um where for uh foster brothers all come back to avenge their uh their mom's death uh cool movie way underrated
2: right on
0: um kind of also in this era what else do i have here well justin timberlake um yeah. is a weird one where I feel like that's another maybe kind of last gasp of like, let's plug a pop star into movies.
2: But I think for a period there, he really wanted to be an actor and it just yeah. didn't quite seem to work out for him.
0: But he has the goods, I think.
2: Yeah, I think generally speaking. I hear an uh, asterisk. You know, I just think he's always a little, I think he's always a little desperate. And yeah. I, I think like it worked in the social network. Um, but beyond that, I don't
0: friends with benefits. I feel like no, he I he's fine. Okay. Um, no, he's but like, I,
1: I do. Yeah. I have to agree with Scott. that I think he's, it's, he wants to be, um, he wants it too bad in some ways. Mm. Um, yeah, he, could be yeah, he so, was in a yeah. just
2: last year called Palmer. It was really bad. Was yeah. Really bad. You can definitely feel the wanting it too bad. in like black snake moan where he's really just like trying to be this grungy guy. And it's like, you're Justin Timberlake, man. Yeah.
1: But, uh, yeah. So he's
2: still he's good in movies where he's good. Yeah, I mean he's great in Social Network because Fincher yeah. can kind of like, but also um, Davis? Really well.
1: inside Lou Davis and, and and
2: Wonder Wheel. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean he's like he doesn't really have a lot to do in Lewin Davis. Like he pretty much has to show up.
0: Um, do you do you think he's still trying to make a go of it, or well, I mean, you know, he's in that like movie. I guess he was year, in Palmer
1: though. last year. Yeah, he's got just, uh, apparently there's a trolls trolls three coming.
0: Well, those trolls. I mean, yeah, he's gonna do those till he dies. I'm not counting voice work. That's that's something else. Um, what else? Also, pop stars of that era, Beyonce. Beyonce is maybe kind of a mixed bag in the acting department.
2: Most notable in Austin Powers and Goldmember, of course.
0: Yeah, that didn't go well, super well. <laughs>
2: Yeah. No, I mean um, she's like fine in Dreamgirls. Obviously, not the most notable part, but I think she does the job well enough. I remember some of the press at the time noting that she had to sing worse than she could because the whole point is that she's not like the best singer of the trio. Um, uh, what other movies has she been in though?
0: Um, Cadillac Records,
2: obviously. Uh,
1: there was um, Obsessed, but I never saw it. Um, yeah second week in a row that's come up <laughs> um, because we were talking about obsession last week. So I mentioned obsessed, uh, but who was, Oh man, he, he, well, she just did a voice for the quote unquote live action lion King. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I say just, that was what, three years ago now. Um,
0: the pink Panther,
1: uh, wait, she was in the pink Panther. The,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, I didn't see that one. Um, Anyway, no, I can't. Never mind. I can't, I can't. Who was the actor who was? Was it Lakee Stanfield who was like publicly like Beyonce's not a good actor. I love Beyonce, but she shouldn't be in the Lion King.
2: She's not a good actor. A good actor. <laughs> I don't remember this, but uh, props. It just
1: feels like Lakee Stanfield because I, he seems like someone who doesn't like uh, hold back.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, she really hasn't been in many things. I think she... Has maybe decided it's not for her. She's like, I'm Beyonce. Why do I got to mess with yeah, this? Yeah, right. Like, what? What does she have to gain? Yeah. Like, unless she decides she's really hunting for an Oscar. She was in Carmen, <clears throat> a hip hopera, which I did watch at the time it aired on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a cultural event at the time. <laughs> sure. Take my word for it. Um, but again, yeah, very music heavy, obviously. Um. Also, kind of going into the, into the aughts, um, Mandy Moore. Um, yeah,
2: I'll give a, a shout-out to Mandy Moore. I'll give a shout-out to Crying Like a Baby at a Walk to Remember. I'm not afraid. Hmm.
0: I was thinking more of Saved. She's pretty funny in Saved. She
2: is pretty funny in Saved. Oof. Oof. I mean, it's a rough movie, but I think Yeah, she's, I didn't like that movie, so I don't really... I think she's solid in it.
0: Yeah, I can't speak to... see what to... I've
1: seen her in.
0: I can't speak to this as us. I know she's very beloved there. Right. Um,
1: yeah, she's done a lot of probably, bad movies, though, because I said so. Uh, how to deal Saved.
0: She's, yeah, I, it kind of oh, fizzled chasing out. Liberty.
2: That was a bad movie.:
0: Yeah. American
2: Dreams: that. Rough sledding. Never saw that one.: Oh Southline Tales also starring uh, Justin Timberlake. Just kind of Wait, who is she talk. in Southland Tales? That's a great question. She's <laughs> credited as Madeline Frost Santeros, but I have zero memory of that role. But I only saw the movie like the weekend it came out with three other people or whatever. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I remember. I, she had a really good episode of uh, Mark Maron's podcast actually, um, hmm. where she talked about the fact that she like kind of fell into singing because like it just seemed like the right fit at the time, but she never really felt comfortable in that era and just like. She would watch Britney Spears and be like, oh, that's someone who is supposed to be doing this job. I'm not supposed to be doing this job. Oh. And she kind of like felt more comfortable as an actress.
0: Okay. Um, huh.
2: Okay. <laughs> is that making you question some things about me anymore and possibly I, your life?
0: Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, I mean, she
2: just put out two new albums. So maybe she's kind of like pivoted, but those were her first albums yeah. in 10 years. So she's I'm still looking like, at the Southland
1: Tales cast. So Holmes Osborne's character's name is Senator Bobby Frost. So my guess is that she's ah, his
2: daughter. Sounds about right.
0: Um, But she was so young when she started, too. She was like yeah, 15. When totally. was Like, so hmm. young. Um,
1: she played herself on Entourage. Oh, really? Uh,
2: how how deep in?
1: Um, well, I only watched the first four seasons, so within that, okay. but the as I recall, the premise was that Adrian Grenier's character, Vince had been, had had a small part in a walk to remember and they'd had like an onset romance. And then she like comes back into his life in like season three or four or whatever. And they're, and they like, maybe like spark things up again. That seems to be,
2: that's my memory of the storyline with her. I don't remember this at all. I it's hard for me to totally hold a grudge against uh entourage partially because of the entire Aquaman story with actually casting James Cameron, I think is pretty great overall. And because it, it, they gave us, I am Queens Boulevard, which is still like mm-hmm. such a great, like iconic fake Sundance movie. And, and in uh, something that's been parodied a lot. I don't think anyone's done as good as Entourage did.
1: Uh, not enough to maybe go back and watch the other four seasons or the movie. No, certainly not. But yeah, um, but I watched four four
2: seasons. That's it. It was pretty addictive for a good stretch there.
0: I remember in college, I was taking uh, sign language classes um, just as like an elective. And one of our assignments was we had to watch an episode of TV on mute and see like what that experience was like and like write about it. So I picked Entourage because I had never seen it. So I watched an episode of Entourage on mute, no captions or anything. And even on mute with no captions, I was like, this show is really (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: misogynistic.
0: That's as far as I got with that. Um, but, uh, wasn't Mandy also on Scrubs? Yeah, she was on Scrubs. She was good on Scrubs. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, who else? Um, so obviously we talked about Beyonce. So we got to talk about Jennifer Hudson, obviously one of the more, I think, successful pivots of this type in recent years,
2: but also like not right. Cause it's like, she did dream girl.
0: She won the Oscar too early. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's
2: like, what else?
0: Um, yeah right well she did res- she did respect she did the Aretha franklin movie and she yeah. clearly thought it would be something she's but... been in a
2: ton of movies that nobody remembers and we barely remember dream girls
0: yeah i think it, it all maybe happened too fast for her yeah but she, i mean she's clearly talented i oh, think it just no
2: like i mean she's great dream girls like there's yeah. tons to like about her It's just unfortunate i mean part of it is like i i think part of it is like systemic racism stuff and it's the same reason that like Halle Berry didn't really have like a better career after she won an Oscar Mm. or, uh, Lupita Nyong'o took like six years to get a role that was deserving of her talents kind of thing. It's just like, there's not like a good success metric for like continuing, uh, especially black women to like continue their careers after they've reached a certain peak.
0: I agree with your point in general, but I'm going to stir the pot a little bit. Can Halle Berry act?
2: I don't know, but I'm saying like most people, you win an Oscar, you start getting better offers and she just didn't.
0: Maybe she can't act. Like (laughs) I've seen Monsters Ball. She just screams the whole time. Like like it doesn't matter if you can act
2: or not. If you've won an Oscar, you get better offers and you get a couple years to prove that you can't act. Well, most people go through the cycle. How I did not. Hey, fair enough. Yeah. Well, I've seen
1: cloud Atlas and John wick three. So I say, yeah, she can act. There you go. Um,
0: who else? Uh, so this is a more recent one, but Mary J. Blige was just like, I'm going to be in a movie, and she was in Mudbound, and she was really good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah.
0: So that also was... played
1: herself on an episode of Entourage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> David, unexpected Entourage scholar of the group.
0: <laughs> Are you going to make, like, a special Patreon companion to this episode that's just the Entourage cameos?
1: Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun.
0: Um, but yeah. And that was a weird one because she has been around a long time. Like the, she like is very entrenched as a music artist and is older. And then was just like, I'm going to be in a movie now. And then she got nominated for an Oscar
2: for in two different capacities.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think they said she was the first woman or person to ever do that, which is insane. Yeah. Because it's
2: like, who would ever be nominated for supporting actress and song? Yeah. (laughs) It's like the combination of those would be so unusual. That's true. Um, I mean, speaking of like garnering a claim um, and continuing a music career, like Janelle Monet is on a good track right now to yeah. continue doing both very well.
0: Yeah. Because what? There's Moonlight, Hidden Figures. Yeah. Um,
2: well, she did that. Um, oh, shoot. What was that? Like slavery movie? that? Antebellum. Yeah. That didn't oh, I thought great. you
1: were going to say because she's also in Harriet. So I thought that's what you were referencing. I forgot about Antebellum.
2: Yeah, I was thinking of Auntie but I, I did forget about Harriet.
0: Um, yeah, I would love to like see her in a larger role. I think she's been kind of these like well positioned supporting characters. Now well, she's the lead in Auntie Well, careful to wish for, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, well, she's in the new Knives Out. That's right. There you go. That seems like
2: a good vibe for her.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> um, also, uh, Lenny Kravitz is in movies. He was like in all the Hunger Gameses. But what else? That. And, and Precious. He was in Precious.
1: That's right. He was. In I Precious. think he may all
0: have right. the, the, the common curse where we're just like, I guess he was there. Sure. I mean, he's always just kind of like very relaxed. He seems like a very relaxed guy. So maybe it's too relaxed and we all forget about it. I don't know.
2: Let's see. No, we, okay, yeah,
1: Hunger Games. He was in he's Zoolander. Like the personal stylist, I'm guessing probably as himself. A lot yeah. of people were in Zoolander as themselves. A whole lot. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, he was Including himself. David in- Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and of course uh, Billy Zane, because there's that. Of course. Great line. Listen to your friend Billy Zane. <laughs> um, oh, he was in um. Lee Daniels. Lee Daniels, the Butler.
0: <laughs> oh yeah.
2: Speaking of movies, everybody was in. Yeah. A
0: movie with yeah. so many producers, they had to change the PGA rules because it was simply unacceptable. <laughs> um, so and then this is kind of a, a twofer, and I, it's a little more TV oriented. So sorry, but um, both Carrie Brownstein and Fred Armisen started firmly as musicians. Um, That's true. Yeah. Fred Armisen is the more surprised. Like he was just a drummer for like the longest yeah. time. And then French mouth. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's impressive. <laughs> that was the name of his, that's the name of the band he was in. They were good. Well,
0: I learned that today from Wikipedia, but look at you. Oh. Um, yeah. And then he just kind of like found his way to SNL and kind of just started popping up in all these things. And then Carrie Brownstein um, really doesn't have that much other acting experience. I mean, she was in some stuff after Portlandia. Um, she was in Don't Worry, uh, He Won't Get Far on Foot and like some other random stuff. But like that
1: TV show. She's in Carol at the very end. She's yeah.
0: Carol. Yeah. Apparently, so briefly that it seemed to piss people off. <laughs> well, they, they cut the role way down. No, I know. I know. Um, uh, but I actually think she's like, like I've seen a fair amount of Portlandia and I feel like she's like secretly a comic genius. Like coming into the show, everyone is like, Oh, Fred Armisen and Carrie Brown. But like, to me, she's like the star of that. Mm. Like she is so funny and just so weird and so specific. Um, so I, I want her to be in more things. She's great.
2: Yeah, I've only seen her in minor minor roles from aging auteurs where she does not get to <laughs> shine as much.
0: Yeah. Um, and then like sort of a weird one, Rihanna is like down. Yeah,
1: I put her down.
0: Um, what,
1: ba- battleship? What else?
0: Uh, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets.
1: Hell yeah. Oh, I didn't see that, but I did oh, see. Oh man, Valerian Freaking rocks. She, I was she at the Comic-Con like... panel and they showed some footage of her.
0: She's not in it that much, but she does like a sad strip tease or something, right? A sad
2: shape shifting yes. striptease. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What
2: a cool movie. movie.
0: Um, and then she's an ocean. She played her.
1: Eight. Oh yeah, she played herself um, in "This Is the End." Um, yep.
0: she oh, yeah. She slaps,
1: slaps Michael Sarah across the face because he slaps her on the ass, and like she uh, is not taking it and <laughs> slaps him across the face.
0: <laughs> I I feel like Rihanna is someone who's like. I don't know. Is she too mysterious to act like she's just like she's a very enigmatic figure. And I feel like Beyonce sort of has this, too, where, like, I feel like they have kind of guarded personas and that's their prerogative. Like they can be whoever they want. I just don't know if that opens them up to have the vulnerability to really put it all out there.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's why she's good as a shape shifting, sad tease. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> but I'm just saying that may be the limit of. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, you know, in she's like fun in Oceans Eight, but she's playing a cool real yeah, type figure very
2: too cool for school in the ocean thing, yeah,
0: so it's like you know they can do that, but you know, is she gonna win an Oscar? I doubt it, yeah. but who knows she may surprise us all um a very different type of persona, aquafina um has decided to act and is pretty good at it um, it wasn't I mean, okay.
1: Wasn't her like music career already kind of like a persona? Like, not I guess they all are, but like it was, a,
2: it was a bit, right? I don't know anything about her music career.
0: I mean, I, I know it's like comedically tinged, if that's what you mean. Are you saying yeah, she so doesn't so, count? Or I guess what point are you making?
1: I guess I feel like both Aquafina, the rapper, and Aquafina, the actor, are extensions of, of Aquafina, the comedian. Hmm. Okay. I, I guess sense. is what I'm saying. Yeah.
0: Even like in The Farewell where it's like a dramatic role.
2: Yeah, but she's still funny in it. Yeah. It is still kind of like fitting with her general vibe.
0: Yeah. Um, anyway, so
2: I, I like I, her. But yeah. I, I didn't say I didn't like her. Okay. I, like, I don't know if she can. Leave
0: Aquafina alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we did touch on Harry Styles, that's mm-hmm. you know, obviously like he was in Dunkirk and that one pretty well. And then he was in Don't Worry Darling and My Policeman This Year. And people like, ooh, we don't know how to feel about this. So like the jury is definitely out. I mean, the interest is there for sure. Um, but yeah, I think he's like, he's maybe overthinking it, is part of it. You Almost know? feels like
2: he's underthinking. Oh, it. okay. <laughs>
0: Well, he gave all these weird interviews with my policeman where he was like speaking to the queer experience and like all the, and like, ta- and they're like, they're like, sit down, man. Like, get at Like, no. <laughs>
1: but um, I do think there's him and Lady Gaga both have the thing when they're like interviewed about acting. I feel like they so desperately want to be taken seriously as actors that they lay it on too thick. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Overcompensating maybe. Um. Yeah. And then like, this is maybe a little bit of a cheat because she's only been in one movie, but I got to shout out Alina. Uh, Oh my God. Alana Haim. Certainly. Yeah. I was going Um, to, if
1: you didn't, especially since we mentioned licorice pizza briefly earlier with uh, when we mentioned Tom Waits, but yeah.
0: Yeah. That to me, like, you know, that's like act like that. She was just Like, I was sad she didn't... I mean, I understand why she didn't maybe get more awards attention. It's a very abrasive and kind of confrontational role. Yeah. Um, Not everyone loves annoying Jewish girls as much as Scott and I. (laughs) So... um, Um,
1: But also, I wonder if there's, like... I've complained before that a lot of, like, people who pick acting awards seem to have this rubric that has to do with, like, degree of difficulty. And so the fact that she's playing... A character named alana that was written for her are there a lot of people watching going like well that's not acting she's just being herself or whatever because because of this very superficial uh, idea of what constitutes good acting
2: yeah totally it's like the i mean that gets back to the marisha Chevalier thing that we started out with it's like there's only certain things that are, are real acting and the rest mm-hmm. is just like showing up and hanging out and being yourself i know i mean since we can get into the discards and uh, ran stuff we didn't get to the course of the episode, I mean, that was the same thing that Eminem got noticed for or got kind of slight <laughs> for, um, for Eight Mile. But he's great in Eight Mile. So, like, screw those people. But yeah, he also I mean,
1: seems to have, I mean, um, there have been at least two other roles that he was wanted for that he turned down for various reasons. Uh, oh, really? Neil Blomkamp wanted him for Elysium before, um, before uh he cast matt damon and i think um weird pivot m- 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 well my my understanding is eminem was like i will do it if you shoot the entire movie in michigan so i don't have to be away from my family which uh he nice. couldn't do and then apparently antoine fuqua wanted to cast him in southpaw uh huh. and ended up with jake Gyllenhaal. but uh yeah i don't know if I, I mean eminem like he played a version of himself he played b rabbit uh, i don't know if he He's the opposite of the other like musicians we're talking about. I don't know if he wants
2: to be an actor. Totally, it doesn't seem that way at all, um, yeah. which is fine. I just uh, wish he would at least. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I wish he convinced Neil Blomkamp to leave him in Detroit, because <laughs> at least, <laughs> and like, I, I at least he was fine. I liked it about as well as District Nine, but it would have been more interesting with Eminem in the role.
0: But do you think Eminem can play people other than himself?
2: But I think the role in Elysium is like so close to like at least the version of himself he played named E mile that yeah. like he could fit in there fine.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
2: Um, just scrolling through my list of people we didn't mention, I mean, we didn't spend that much time on Share, but it is worth.
0: Oh yeah, like, what Cher- happened? Oh god, I think he just kind of like
2: accidentally breezed over, but Share does kind of kick ass. As
0: we accidentally breeze over Share. This is right. a, this is horrific yeah. oversight.
1: Well, this is we know this is a we are a trio who love mermaids. Yeah. Uh, as does, as does my wife. And also I am, um, I mean, uh, Moonstruck is one of my favorite uh, oh, yeah. rom-coms of all time. Yeah.
0: Moonstruck uh, is solid,
2: it, but it's really Mermaids so that was like, okay, I get it.
0: Yeah. And then like, I mean, witches of Eastwick, right?
2: Yeah. She's getting that too.
0: Um, that's one how, I mean, how much is she losing herself in these roles versus just being shared? I think it's kind of a hybrid. I think, yeah, I think she's bringing something for sure. Yeah. And it's not
2: like because I think her her like musical perform persona is a little more like the guarded kind of diva thing, whereas like in Moonstruck or Mermaid, she's just like out there and wild and
0: true or Mamma Mia, too. Sure,
2: (laughs) if you say so. Here we go again. (laughs) um we didn't mention jennifer lopez who kind of like came up as like a both
0: i well yeah because i look turns out like the singing happened after the acting which a little bit me. they were
2: a little bit in tandem from what i could tell
0: well it said she did the selena movie and then was like i like singing i guess i'll do an album oh all right but but that was weird to me because i was thinking about jennifer lopez and i'm like jennifer lopez has had a very strange career yeah because she's not maybe that super good at any of the things she does but she does a lot of things (laughs) sure because like she's not a good singer she's just not and that's fine but and she's a pretty good dancer like compared to some of her peers i mean like but julie
1: she's got it
0: i mean that's the only explanation and like
1: I, i i i like uh jennifer lopez a lot i'm always happy to see a movie with jennifer lopez in it
0: because um do you think she's a good actress she definitely I can think, be
1: yeah i mean yeah definitely out of sight i uh i like but that was not that recent <laughs> um uh, I'm trying to think what else Well,
0: out of sight and hustlers are kind of yeah. like the bookends people go to. And I'm yeah. like, okay, a stop really good in hustlers, but like a stopped clock is right twice a day. Is it that, or is it that she has untapped potential I, that has been abused this entire time? I don't know.
1: I feel like you're looking at gift horse in the mouth. We got out of sight and we got hustlers. <laughs> what do <are> we need <laughs> yeah. to complain about? That's true. Um, yeah. There's uh-huh. also in a movie called second act a few years ago. That was like a, uh, divorce lady rom-com.
0: I mean, we, we watched marry me and she, it was, it was fascinating to watch her pretending to be someone pretend to be normal (laughs) because I'm like, when this, I was like, she probably relates to this because she probably doesn't know how to be normal anymore. And it's like, I mean, the premise is that she's like dating Owen Wilson, who's just like a high school teacher or whatever. And like has Mm. to act normal. And I'm like, I don't know. She's got
1: um, shotgun wedding coming out. Yeah. Which I cannot wait for. I'm so
2: excited. Uh,
1: But that's, uh, I didn't realize like, so the couple in that movie is her and Josh Duhamel, but it was originally supposed to be Army Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I, I only just recently learned that.
0: Yep.
2: Um, other assorted discard, sharp pivot from Jennifer Lopez, Dwight Yoakam, very solid character actor in very many parts.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, hold on. Uh, my AirPods just. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, and I can hear you too. Great. Uh, yeah, I love um, Tyd Yoakum. Obviously, uh, Sling Blade's a uh, a a big one, but he also has a um, small but very memorable role in another Battleship Retention favorite movie, uh, Red Rock West. With, oh, uh, I've never seen it. Uh, oh yeah, it's 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 so good because it's a it's a rural noir, rural neo noir that also has this sort of like darkly comic premise where Nicholas Cage just wants to get out of town and keeps not being able to. And Dwight Yoakam plays a um, truck driver that N- Nicolas Cage tries to like stow away
2: on the top of his semi as he's driving away <laughs> and it doesn't work out. He's also solid in panic room and he has by far the funniest scene in Logan Lucky.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. He's great in Logan Lucky.
2: Um, other discards. I, I don't think I've actually seen a movie where Bob Dylan does acting, but Bob Dylan has done a, a, a small chunk of acting. He was in uh, uh, oh, hell. Pat, Pat Garden, and Billy the Kid? Yeah, Pat and Billy the Kid. And then there was that movie that he wrote, Fast and Anonymous, which I've never seen. Never um, seen and also starred in. Uh, directed movies. by Larry Charles. I know, really directed by Larry Charles. Yeah. If you ever heard the genesis of that movie, it's crazy. Basically like Bob Dylan approached Larry Charles to make a movie because he really liked, I think, Larry Charles' work on Seinfeld or like something he wanted to make an out-and-out comedy. Yeah. And so he brought like 150 pages of just loose leaf paper that he'd written on over the past like 20 years. <laughs> and he was like, let's make something out of one of these. And like slowly got windowed down to being this like musical drama kind of thing.
1: Uh, um, what else we have in the discard pile before we wrap yeah, up? Yeah, I'm
2: taking I'm taking a look. Uh, Steven Van Zandt from uh of course fricking e street band, um great but, yeah, I mean that's sopranos.
1: I mean has he I, I guess I was gonna say he's done anything but sopranos, but of course, who could forget Lily Hammer
2: of course, we're all th- constantly thinking about Lily Hammer, and even if he'd only done the sopranos, freaking great on the sopranos um bu- 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 bu-
0: was he in that other movie though, the yep. Are
2: you thinking of Rhinestone? He wasn't in Rhinestone. Stop.
0: Um, No, I'm not thinking of that, but it says he was in The Irishman.
2: Oh, yeah, he was in The Irishman. Who was he in The Irishman? You know, some guy. Jerry
0: Vale?
1: Oh, Jerry Vale, the the singer, right?
0: Sure. It doesn't say Jerry Vale, the singer. It just says Jerry Vale. He's also in The Christmas Chronicles.
2: Weirdly, not the first time I've seen that movie come up in this podcast. I can't remember who else from our list was on in either that or the sequel. But um, uh, worth mentioning briefly, at least, Courtney Love in uh, *The People Versus Larry Flint*. Um, I, I, it's been so long since I've seen the movie that I don't know if she's unfairly fairly pilloried for that movie. But um, I remember liking it all right. Yeah, I, I liked it. She was in
1: um, *She Was in Man on the Moon* as well. Um, Which I've never seen. Uh, she—I know she was on, um, that Fox show Empire with uh, Terrence. Uh, really, Terrence I didn't Howard. know. That. Um, uh, I feel like there's something else that I'm missing that she was in that, was in that I saw her in, but uh, oh well. And then oh, feeling Minnesota, want... but I never saw that actually. Uh, okay,
2: and then I just wanted to give a, a shout out to Kim Gordon uh, because she was in the aforementioned. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Uh, which rocks, and also *Boarding Gate*, the Olivia Sia's movie, which heavily rocks. And I that's all it. I got yeah. for my, my discards list.
1: Yeah, I, I wish there's more. Like, I wish I had thought to think more of like act, like singers who or, or musicians who just showed up, you, you know, who aren't like really actors, but like yeah, they just cast I like did a part. Um, uh, in uh, *Clue* the movie, which is a movie that I grew up on, but uh, am I am more than willing to admit, kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> How brave is you? It's like sacrilege for so many people my age to admit that that's a dumb movie, but it's not a very good movie. But uh, Mr. Body, the guy who first gets killed, is leaving from the band Fear. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, spe- that that made me just realize, I, we didn't mention Flea at all.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> who's
2: been in, like, tons of stuff. But also, like, he's one who's like,
1: he's been acting... Like he was in suburbia true which is like at least about the same time as the chili pepper so it does seem like he's like he's been
2: both his entire career yeah um we uh we saw flea perform at ucp he was the uh monogolist for hmm. um one of those ascat shows yeah. Um, and we didn't. We were in line to see Ask Cat. Uh. My brother was visiting and Flea just walked by on the sidewalk and Chris was like, Flea! And then we walked in to see the show and there he was, uh, giving the monologue. Um,
0: so he's in such random. I know.
2: Yeah. Big Lebowski.
0: He's in Queen and Slim? Absolutely. Boy or yeah, Race? He's... Baby Driver?
2: Toy Story yeah.
1: 4? He's good in Queen and Slim. Him and uh, Chloe Savini are a married
2: couple. That's right. Yeah. I was trying to remember. Oh, and, he and he's in. in the
0: forthcoming Babylon.
2: There you go. Great.
0: Probably playing himself as just some weird timeless like <laughs> maniac.
2: All right. This has gone on too long. Hey, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. yeah, it's been an lot of fun. What's that? You have to get up and drive forever. Have fun with that. Yeah, I have a,
1: a big day of driving tomorrow. So um this has been great. Um you can find us at battleship pretension.com again, caringbridge.org slash visit slash Tyler and Jennifer Smith for info about Tyler. Uh, you can email me at David at battleship pretension.com. You can follow me on Twitter for now, still at Davy pretension. Um, and, uh, where, uh, let's start with Julie, Julie, where do you want people to to find you?
0: Well, again, I don't know if it feels wise to direct people to my Twitter right now in these weird waning days of ancient Rome or whatever, but, um, Yeah. I don't know. You can't find me. I'm enigmatic. Just like be good to each other. I don't know.
2: Be excellent to one another.
0: Be excellent to one another. Yeah.
2: Scott. Uh, Definitely picked up more letterbox followers of late. So I'm guessing that's from the show. So thanks guys. Hope you've been enjoying me. Forget to post thoughts on the movies I've been seeing, Um, but still on Twitter, still uh, got the account locked down. Uh, but did make an account on Hive. So uh, come hang out on Hive, which is apparently run by two people and uh, performs about as well as you'd expect an app run by two people. <laughs> but it's kind of a fun little yep. vibe we got going on. No, but and it then, is.
1: it has been kind of difficult
2: to... Uh, yeah. It, use. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, join us here next week when I will surely drive David absolutely insane with an episode that will go far too long. I'm so excited. I can't wait. All right. Say uh, that now. <laughs> <laughs> this time next week, man. It's going to be a different scene. Uh, well, um,
1: Scott, thank you for being here. Oh, of course. Yeah. Julie, thank you for filling in as co-host.
0: Of course. My pleasure.
1: Thank you at home for listening.
0: We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.